0: hello and welcome back to another week of the tp world tour picks and bets good one today tom five shows so far this season two victories coming in hot off your thiorbjorn Olsson selection last week you've been high on him all season and it came to fruition with a victory last week congratulations my friend
1: thank you yeah it definitely felt like it was one you wanted to happen because the price was obviously decreasing but by the same token i never felt like it got too low, especially in the context of the fields that he was playing in. So like twenty to one last week was I still thought good value or 22 to one, I think it was best price. Um and he was really comfortable for the most part, right? Like for he had a couple of holes where he he looked a little bit I wouldn't even say shaky. Like he I think he got a little bit pumped up on the par five. He hit a seven nine well over the green. Um and he missed a couple of chances on the back nine I sort of text like brad and jason was like you know this is over like he's like nikolai's gonna do it and then obviously like he just came back and you know rallied really well um so yeah i was really impressed with him uh and also people eagle-eyed viewers may notice that i wore this shirt last week and it's not because i haven't done any washing it's simply because i wore this shirt when victor perez won and when olison won so until we lose again i'm not gonna change
0: hey i like good vibes only. Uh, I'm down with that. Now, I'll be happy here to say that our 1,000-to-1 selection did make the weekend, and he had a bunch of birdies. Gunmunder Johnson, I was kind of impressed. He kind of blew up on Friday afternoon. I think he was plus three in his final two holes, or else he would have been top 20 going into the weekend. You know, we just love a 1,000-to-1 sweat while you get a victory uh, out of one of the lower selections, too. Uh, now, fun week and actually i'm i'm quite excited for this week too tom i mean this is something where we haven't seen uh this golf course on the dp world tour what in 4 years now yeah. right yeah. um so it's good to have it back in the rotation so for those i mean we didn't have we've never had a show on this course right um so this is dlf um and it is i guess dlf golf and country club it's it's built by gary player Um, And it was probably one of the more interesting courses you're going to see all year. It is going to frustrate the absolute heck out of every golfer in the field at some point. Those who have patience will stay and be able to to find themselves. You're going to have doubles, triples, quadruple bogeys. You know, uh, Galsher, who was the last winner here, I think he had a quadruple bogey on the day he won, right? It is something where uh, this course is know what the best way to describe it rinky dink we would say in the u.s where there's gimmick gimmicky right like yeah some gimmicky type of things uh what more can you expand upon on dlf
1: it, sometimes it gets a bit unfair i think yeah uh, that's a good it's, way to describe it's, it it's a little bit tricked out right like it it's it, you know it's weird because it said it was really long they didn't play that way um but but more importantly you just need to be very accurate i think you know off the tee and you know into the greens just you know pounding them um it's been so long since I watched it. It was twenty nineteen, actually, the last time they were here. And when you look, it was Gallagher beat Masahiro Karamura that year. Matt Wallace beat Andrew Beef Johnson the year before that. Um and actually SSP Charasia beat Gavin Green by seven strokes the first time they played it as a This
0: was know. the SSP Open
1: at yeah one time. He was he was awesome, and actually he's playing this week, which you know, maybe people will have a look at him for old time's sake. But um to me, like that lists off like some of the best of the best of recent years, and it and it kind of also when you look at probably not veterans because Matt Wallace wasn't a veteran when he won here, but maybe mature beyond his years in terms of contention. Uh, Gallagher, obviously a veteran, SSP Traeger a veteran. Like I think you have to have this kind of really methodical and calm approach to these types of events to to really hang about and um yeah I, you know I think we've got to take that into consideration uh I wouldn't want people that are a bit erratic put it that way yeah which um, is funny because one of my picks it actually is and I should probably <laughs> like, I'm to have to claw that back in, in about three picks time but like it typically you want people that I think are you know got a good head on their shoulders
0: yeah yep 100 percent um, and we mentioned this course in even recent previews when we talked through, uh, my beef Johnson selection, right? Like yeah. that was, we didn't get the difficulty we expected, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, that was a Singapore event, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, but this is kind of what I was mentally preparing for. Right. And you like to see golfers, in my opinion, not that it's a course comp, but play well at some of the more difficult events. You know, I always think of Valderrama you know, as one of those hero Indian open had been one of those two, Um, even some of the Qatar events have played difficult when the conditions have popped up, Um, uh, not necessarily links exactly, but courses that I'm going to think about when, you know, these guys are put to the ultimate test. Um, and you know, no surprise when you look at the odds leaderboards, right. You're going to see, uh, Thjorbjorn, who has not found any success here in his career, um, as low as eight to one, um, as as long as 11 to one, Nikolai 12 to one, Robert McIntyre 14 to one. And then I am going to, and this is different, right? Normally I'm not the one starting with selections, especially when we get to 20 to one, but I just feel so uh, keen on one of our old friends here. And that's Yannick Paul. You mentioned the methodical, you mentioned somebody who has just kind of got that all around game, Um, on the challenge tour, he found success at some of these very difficult courses. Um, I believe it was a challenge tour final Paul Williams had highlighted, um, that he had uh, excelled at in the past, which was one of the like six or seven under champion his victory. Um, I believe, or another one of his top challenge tour performances came on a difficult golf course. He played okay. in the corn Ferry tour championship, which is one that can be that way too. Um, and last week, I mean, you could argue that he played. I mean, it's hard to say that he played better than Joar Bjorn, but he played exceptional he, last week as well, right? He was right? really
1: good. Like he, he, he was really good, and, and I took a lot of positive signs. I said to you earlier, like I was really close to picking him. Um, got some unnecessary hate for his shorts and socks combination. I quite liked it. Um, Me it's too. probably probably how I would step out of the golf course. But one thing I would say about Yannick Paul, last year eighth of the Open de España, twenty first of Valderrama, wins Orca. And he's yep. just gone 34th second. Like, to me, kind of signpost form, right? Like, he's not the type of person who just does it out of nowhere. When you look at when he was second at the Sadeo Open, he was 52nd in Catalonia, 16th for the British Masters. Before that, on the Challenge Tour, 8th, second, 8th. So, I think he goes on these types of runs. And that's a really promising sign for someone, you know, that we come back this week.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's a low number. And I I think there's a lot of arguments to be made on some of these guys. And we're going to get deep on cards too this, you know, but here in that 2020 to 40 range, I think you could make very, very strong arguments for a lot of golfers. Um, I dip out a little bit deeper than your next selection here, but but go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean look, I could make a make a case for everyone down to about thirty to one. And even Ollison, like he hasn't had he hasn't actually played here. So it's not like he's been poor, he's just mm, not played the golf okay. course, right? So um eleven to one and twelve to one about those types of players I think he's a bit short on a golf course that uh, presents such volatility though, is what I'd say. Uh Jo was very close to, to being picked. Uh he's twenty two to one though, and I thought that was short enough. And instead of going with uh Hun Wang, who we sort of flagged in the ones to watch preview we did with, with Baroth, right? Yep. And yep. also, I think it was the first week in Singapore I kind of thought about playing him, didn't, uh, regretted it. And he's only gone on to finish third and eighth since, so he's in good form. And when you look at what he's done in his career, he won the Trophy of 5-under, won the Mauritius Open 6-under, won the Qatar Masters 16-under, which can get you know, tricky when the wind comes up. Um, so he's perfectly suited in terms of like winning scores. When you look at the event itself, he actually finished uh, a runner-up on a different golf course in Delhi, um, behind SSP Taurasia by two strokes, uh, tied with Anaban Lahiri as well. So again, don't remember there being too much correlation between the two golf courses, but great to be that part of the world. And then you look at his start here. His first start, he finished 40th, but he was actually ninth at the halfway stage. Uh, And then he was 58th the following year and he was 19th at the halfway stage. So to me, yes, he finished 40th and 58th, but he had the ability to shoot the kind of scores you need to stay in contention all week. And I think, you know, one thing that really impressed me, they asked him in the interview, like, you know, you've been in 18 months of military service, haven't touched a golf club. How are you this good at golf still? And he just said, uh, well, I just swing it and hit it and it's going well. And I just thought that was really refreshing. Like, I think there's some limited English in there that potentially doesn't want to expand on that answer, etc. But, like, to me, it's just it's like a freedom. He's playing with a lot of freedom. He's he's completely relaxed about where he is. Probably just grateful to be back playing golf consistently. Um, and although he's 25 to 1, I think he's a decent family still.
0: Yeah um and probably knocks off a little competitive rust or you know competition rust yeah. being where he has been in multiple events already and he did it too um in the asian tour international series when he first came back too like he has found himself on tops of leaderboards often and early
1: yeah and um, and and really his career was like that like straight off the bat yeah. so there's really the only interruption with military service which we see so often for, for these guys from career and things like that and um you know, I just believe in his talent long term and, and I think he'll you know get things rolling this year.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um I think we're both like side by side on this next selection, thirty fives, forties. I'll 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 go. Tom and, and I made a, a comment last week and I will stand by this throughout the season. When Guido Migliazzi gets fifty to one and, and lower, that's when you have to, to really think through if he's gonna be on my betting card just as a blind bet. But I mentioned the course comps. I mentioned kind of what we're looking for in ways in which to be successful here. And I, I truthfully, and maybe because it's, I know his game or study his game or live and die by a shot tracker as much as anybody out there. But this is like a spot that I am jonesing for Guido at. Like the more difficult to test always has been when he has elevated his game, whether that was the fields or whether that was the course difficulty, he has competed his best when, you know, that those scores have been single digits have been, you know, at the U S open, you know, when, when he's there with, with everybody else, when it was when Rosner won in Qatar, you know, that was a belief seven under, you know, Guido has just found a knack to, to be able to, probably because he, he can birdie with the best of them, but mixes in a ton of bogeys. Um, and what was encouraging is his driver, even though he did miss the cut last week, was the best his driver has been in a substantial amount of time, gaining over a stroke per round in each of his two rounds. I would lean accuracy here if you can just avoid yeah. the, the you know anything that comes into play when you have um, thick rough but, or not even thick rough when you can just be in the fairway. I think it's always, you know, to the benefit. So I, 40s is tough. I'm not going to lie. You know, I would have hoped we could get it maybe out to the sixties here, but I just think, especially with next week, next week's coming too. you know, we do have the magical Kenya open, which is a major, a major, put that down folks. You say that the, the players championships, the fifth major, the Magical Kenya open higher above that. But um, so I, I really do think these are the tests that Guido has made for. So I'm going to stick with him
1: at 40. I think it's one of those things like I watch Guido Vigilzzi and you, the way you see his game and when he's playing his best, you would think he's like just a birdie machine that likes low scoring events. And it's like, to your point, he's not that. He's someone that relishes the tougher event. And I think it's his creativity and his like attitude towards it at such a young age for, you know, comparatively speaking, for a golfer that. Like he he just seems so okay with it being hard and doesn't doesn't whine and just, you know, okay, there's a ton of wind there. I'm just going to drive this bullet iron into the green and, and try and hold it. And I think he's actually at his best when he has to think. I think when it becomes like a little bit, you know, rinse and repeat with a driver, that's when he can get himself into trouble. So uh, I, I think he's best at, at this type of thing. I have nothing other than feel uh, as to why he will succeed this week, which is why I've, I've struggled. But um, you are the, the Guido whisperer, so I would just leave you to it.
0: Well, when you bet him every week, Tom, you know, at
1: some point. <laughs> it becomes, the whisper and, becomes a shout, yeah. Yeah,
0: except when you give up, I guess, last summer in the middle of it, and
1: he still wins, you know. Yeah, but that, that was the same
0: tough. thing. Like, that was that was a tough test there too, right?
1: Yeah. Like, that That's was, what I mean, like even that.
0: though he got to 15 or whatever they got to, like, that was a very difficult test.
1: And I just vividly remember that, like about a final hole, and and even like um in Abu Dhabi this year where it's really tough, like in certain yep. holes, he just loved it. Um, and another player like that, I'll I'll jump straight into my selection, a bit more of, um experience is Pablo Larrafbau, and I just don't really get why he's thirty five to one. I I was gonna go with Loughton and and just a ten points bigger or even fifteen points bigger in spots. I don't get why the guy who has seven wins on tour, who I think only Thomas Bjorn in the field has got more. Um, so of, of the people who have got a legitimate chance to win, La Raffavel the, the winningest player in the field. Um, just plays tough golf courses well. He's finished fourth here on his debut. He was third after round one a year later. Didn't hold on. Two, t- two times he won last year. And he's kind of being treated... Differently to the, I know I know he's volatile and, that, and this is back to the point I said at the start of the start of the show where I said I oh, don't don't take a volatile player. But like in contention, he's really strong and I think about the likes of you know, I like Becker. I, I put him in like season long teams and I like Lawson and the comeback. But I think he belongs with them as opposed to ten points bigger than them. And I certainly don't think he's twenty points bigger than kind of McIntyre and people like that.
0: I like him. I like him. I, he he was almost on my betting card. Um... Yeah, I, I just end up not littering sometimes, you know, with forty to one and under, two yeah. maybe three. He probably would have been right there uh, for me. I think Eduardo Molinari was another one that I, I seriously yeah. consider. But same thing, he's twenty eight, right? You know, like it's um it's not easy there and, and when's his last win compared to how many Pablo's just, ripped off. I right? I just
1: think not even even overall I don't think Eduardo's got as many wins as him, right? Like he won three to get into that Ryder Cup very quickly, but um, other than that, I don't think he's maybe, maybe had like five or six. No, he's had three wins. He had three yeah. wins. He had two in 2010 in 2010. The into the Ryder Cup, and he had one seven years later. So for a guy that has such a lofty reputation, he hasn't won a lot at this level. Yeah. Um, so maybe a little bit, not, not not to say that he can't, I really liked him before the prices come out. And, you know, he was a five-time winner on the challenge door, beating good players. I just, I just think that, we've got a player here in La Raffa-Belle that proves it at this level consistently throughout his whole career. And yes, he's had a little bit of a lull every now and then, but it's never serious. I think.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, we jumped together on a co-pick here next, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're the one who sold me on him. So I'll let you do it again.
1: Well, I thought you might've just passed it to me because you don't know how to say his name, which is definitely the same case for me. Um, so on the commentary, they said Alexander Knapper And I think it's, I think it's Napa, but a couple of times I've heard like the 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 hard K in front of names before and yeah, yeah. like it's a bit like there's a footballer called Serge Gnabry. and I for years said that his name was Nabry. Um so it's one of those Knappe Nappe, whatever. Um Alexander Nafe is sixty to one this week. I wanted to put him up last week. And I don't know why I didn't. I, I still I can't I'm, I'm sitting, like when he was reeling off all those birdies in a row last week. Uh, on Sunday, I was like, what you know, why did I not do this? Um, and basically what it was we didn't have reliable shot um shot tracker, did we? So I just looked at the ball striking numbers from the week before, and he just had some really solid like ball striking numbers. Uh he ranked sixth in ball striking that week. He was third in driving distance, 11th in driving accuracy, 45th though in Green's and regulation This past weekend, third in ball striking, 10th in driving distance, 12th in driving accuracy, and 18th in GIR. So just a lot more balanced. Obviously, he didn't hit it as far, but I don't think he needed to. Um, just strikes me as someone that's just going to pound greens um, often. He has taken, obviously, a, a pretty substantial price cut, but I think that was more um, a reflection of the fact that he was far too big last week as opposed to what he should be this week. Like, he was 10th for the Challenge Tour Grand Final. Um, he started the season with 22nd and 27th place finishes uh, in South Africa and Mauritius. And then he's gone 34th and 3rd the last two weeks. Like, he's in really, really solid form. He missed those cuts in, like, the Middle East. But, you know, that, that's easily done, I think, for a player of his skill level or talent level, I think it's probably fair to say. Um, so the way he's hitting the ball, uh, and to top it all off, he's played it before and finished 17th. He was 73rd after day one. So really nice bounce back from him first of the week.
0: Yeah, he's as low in some spots, like 30 to 1 over here, which is crazy. Uh, but, yeah, you can get him out to 60 still. Uh, and I would not have pronounced that anywhere. I just assumed it was nap, you know? Um, I, but I'm not sure. Like I'm it. not sure.
1: I mean, they could be completely wrong. I'm just going by what they said.
0: Yeah. And we talk about tour tips stuff, uh, you know, in general. So I know you've had uh, Stanley on your podcast too. They do a little yeah. stat ranking, you know, he's been, From what they mold out for this week, you know, his, and there's his traditional statistics, like you mentioned, that they view for that. And he's been inside the top 10 from the stat model the last two weeks, which I find very interesting. Only golfer in the field that has back-to-back weeks like that. Um, So I like uh, that angle going into him. All righty. I don't know the price of this next guy because Tom, it's been cut left and right everywhere. And by the time this comes out on Monday evening, it could be even lower. But I, I I mean, I talk to Bear off. I talk to Axis and Jude all the time. And there was one golfer who we promised, no matter the price, because we figured it would be at least pretty big. This was going to be the week we went in on him. Brad's tipped him up, too. I've seen Paul Williams on it. There's a lot of people on this. And it's a little scary, especially when it's a golfer who opened at 250 to one. But he's down to 100s, and I would still go in at 100. I, I really would. I am not scared. When it comes to a golfer, we bet in the first event of the year at 500 to 1, and finally last week, he hit a stride. And that is Manu Gondis. Now, he's played three events, right, on the on the DP World Tour after he was a six-time winner last year on the PGA Tour of India. And you've mentioned this many times. There's a comfortability in, in – Location golf, location form, right. Not only has he gotten to play DLF this past year, where I believe he finished inside the top ten. I think it was second. Yeah, he finished second uh, this fall at this event um, for it. But he he got his stride over the weekend. um You know, he was probably a top. I believe he was a top ten player uh, when you look at overall during the weekend, uh, pulling it up here because he he went out three under through his first three on Sunday. Um and I was like, okay, like this is gone this week. He ended up finishing twenty eighth overall, but you know, he's he started out slow last week and and got better each of the rounds. That's something that we love to see. And then you bring it into a course where again, familiar I wouldn't say more familiar than most, but it's just all everything I look for colliding into it and somebody who has gotten over the, the winner's circle many of times in this past year. So Manu Gandas, for me um is, is
1: the one. Yeah, I mean look, you, you you sold me on him whatever it was, a couple of weeks ago. And um yeah, I have I have no negative things when, when the three of you are all getting together and making that kind of cloud pick and even you know Brad's in there as well. Um yeah, I don't have anything negative to say about Manu Gandas. Like we're talking about SSP you're right, and he won SSP Charraser invitational, so uh, that's gotta be yes. good vibes.
0: Yeah, 100. And so he was a he had the 11th best round on Sunday, 32nd best round on Saturday. You know, like he hasn't had those type of rounds yet. So it was good to see. I probably would, would have liked liked it anyway coming in, but you wouldn't have seen the, the cutting of the number if there wasn't that type of form. So uh, I am definitely in again. He opened at 250s. He's down to probably close to 100. I still think it's worth chancing him.
1: Yep. No, I completely understand that. And uh, like you say, he's got that winning form that we'd love to see. And yes, it's on a different tour. But oh,
0: I, I got so film. excited. I skipped over one of my picks too. So excited. <laughs> okay. I'll go to you, Tom. And then back to me.
1: Uh, Cause you got one left, right? Yeah. I got one more. So okay. I, I texted the group this morning and I said, it's 2023 and I'm considering betting Thomas Aiken at a hundred to one. Um, and then I did it right. Um, I have no reason not to. He was so good ball striking last week. Um, I just it just blows my mind that he was fourth in driving, actually first in greens of regulation, which is what we know Thomas Aiken can be. He's played once in India, won the Avantha Masters. Um, so yes, it was a long time ago, and it probably is almost irrelevant considering the different types of golf course, right? But I'm going to hold on to that. 39 years of age, Thomas Aiken. He He had these kind of little periods in his career where we thought he was maybe slightly better than he kind of produced, Um, and he was he won in 2011, won in 2013, won in 2014, Um, finished seventh in an Open Championship, 25th in the US Open. Like he's really, really solid. Like he's just that metronome golfer that can just go fairways and greens. Like I said earlier, Um, eight Sunshine Tour wins in total. So experienced. I like the form that he showed last week. I feel a little bit like him. Like when we talk about. Marcel Seam recently, Loughton recently, people like that, they're all right at the top of the market, and rightly so. Um, maybe this is a kind of little stretch for him where he can come back and do this as well. So uh, I do like Thomas Aiken. Uh, there, was, there was definitely something about Thomas Aiken that happened recently like that went really wrong for him, and that's why his form dropped. Like, I can't remember exactly what it was, um, but it was off-the-course reasons. Um, so potentially uh, that would be a reason why his game struggled as well.
0: So what I see, uh, played once in 11 months because of COVID in 21 to 22. So I don't know if it was like travel stuff, uh, yeah. but it could be differently. but
1: uh, Yeah, there was a couple of reasons. Quick glance. But like, but he I, barely I just... had any,
0: his wife had issues with the child delivery. 2019 that was but like i think so that, that okay. was when
1: i thought that like thing like because obviously the, the travel thing happens to a lot of people so that's what i remember yeah he had like that real serious off, off the course issue with his wife um and then obviously covid kind of knocks people out a little bit more settled this year um it's only happened this past week but i'll take it and see what happens at 125 to one
0: yep ideal i like it um so uh like i said i got the excitement of Manugandas, but I can't forget. I, I mean, I try try to go in sequential or numerical order here, and I have a selection at seventy to one. Um, still here. He's he's even he's down to fifties in most spots. There's a seventy um, still out there, and it's somebody you got to be impressed, Tom. We're, we're we're six shows, and this is the first time I'm betting him this year. Yeah, right? I'm
1: surprised actually.
0: Old Sky would have just ripped this guy every <laughs> single week, and that's totally fine because he is exceptional, and it's nobody. Um, it, it's Somebody if you looked at like an amateur career, I'm not sure if there's anybody out there that can really hold a candle at times to what Jaden Trace Gaper was coming up through South Africa. There's been the best of the best of these amateurs and this kid, I mean he's I mean, and we can say kid about him. I say kid often. I mean he is still what is he? He's not he's twenty one now, almost twenty two. But if you looked into uh he had nine amateur victories in twenty nineteen. I mean, that's really, you know, as as strong of a year as you get in amateur golf. And then he almost he almost won early on in his professional career on the DP World Tour, like in South African events. And then he had a, a struggle on the Challenge Tour in 21. Um, I would say he was okay in 2022, not even that exceptional, really found his stride on the Sunshine Tour. And now he has gotten consistent starts on the DP World Tour, and he's gotten three top 20s, actually four top 20s now this season. But last week, again, if you look at kind of that closing stretch of what it was, he was first on Sunday in strokes game tee to green. He was third on Saturday in T to green, and he vaulted himself up the leaderboard. Um, you know, I just love seeing guys that start slower and finish strong. And when we've looked at Jaden's game, uh, you know, he was game overall. Uh, what he was built on when we have seen him in strokes game statistics uh, is he's just an exceptional ball striker literally one of the better ones on tour in the events he would play. So to me, not that it's different than any other week, but you do have to really hit the ball. Well, Yeah, 100%. when the, when, the ch- when it's difficult out there, right? Like oh, you, that did, is... you,
1: you feel stupid every week saying it's a tee's green week because that is how yeah. you play golf. Right. But there are certain golf courses. And I think we've probably got another one over on in, in the States, right? With the Honda classic. Um, where tee play really does matter and it really does come to the fore and a golf course that's a little bit tricked up where i think having that kind of additional distance and getting yourself out of trouble a couple of times is going to be really important as well
0: yeah one million percent totally agree uh um, and and the last couple of winners have putted it extremely well like yeah you are gonna to have to save yourself you're gonna try to, have to run it. but man i i like in some of those um you know i think it was Alfred Dunhill or th- there are the one at leopard Creek, right. Can be very difficult too. uh, where, you know, he has held his own at times. So I'm really big into him, um, this week seventies there. And then I have one final selection and there's actually, I didn't do this on purpose. I promise I got excited, but there's a tie in between scaper and my 500 to one selection here. So, um, Again, you knew there was going to be one of these this week. I was has proud to, last week we made to be a worth. cut with ours, right? People are betting Shubanka Sharma, Sharma at 33s to 1. I've got Kartik Sharma at 500 to 1. And that tie-in from Jaden Triscaper to Kartik Sharma is they were on the 2019 Juniors President's Cup team together. Wow. So... That's a pull. That is a pull right there. I'm already
1: sold. So whatever you say next, I'm just going to not listen. But,
0: But, you know, those are like juniors is a level before. What's the uh, the Walker Cup? The Walker Cup is top amateurs is like the Ryder Cup for the, you know, uh, the best amateurs in the game. The the Junior President's Cup is, you know, high schoolers, basically, um, you know, when you're younger playing in the President's Cup. And so you get big names from both sides of the pond. And like I said, Skaper was one of the best of the best. Um, And that to me showed the pedigree of what Sharma had to him. I'm trying to see if I can pull up uh, who was all on this team. And again, to me, it's like guys that, you know, I'm at least, you know, thinking of through. So on the U.S. side, Michael theron was on that team. Um, who mentioned recently Preston Summerhays. Again, 2019 is not that long ago. Uh, Preston Summerhays, who was one of the best in the game. Benjamin James, who is, I think, a top five amateur in the world right now. Uh, And then Martin Borster. I think Borster was in the mix last week on the challenge tour. Um, I could be wrong, but he was the other name that was bigger there besides Kaper. And then um, Sharma. But why in addition to that? So that just built up pedigree when this guy kind of popped in when I was looking at. So there's about um, 25 guys that are like PGA Tour of India players this week who are getting starts. This is pretty cool. I mean, the European Tour does this too. Um, and I guess if you click around enough, but you wouldn't expect to be able to find this. You can see the home courses for these guys, right? If you go under their the PGA Tour of India's profiles, and there was two golfers in the field whose home course was DLF. So you get to pare things down a little bit from there. then you kind of dig in and you see, okay, uh, you know, Kartik Sharma got to play in that end of the fall uh, PGA Tour of India's event there. And he was the 54 hole leader at that event. So course form there, he was a 36 hole and 54 hole leader, uh, which I love that, you know, and if you keep going, I think the winner uh, of the event
1: was Varun Parikh, who was actually, he the other one that was the home course guy or no?
0: No, the other one was Beer. Uh, the guy has been around for a little bit, Veer Alawat. He hasn't played as well. He just played the he, – he's getting into the Asian Tour events. He had three top tens in a row on the PGA Tour of India, and then he missed the three Asian Tour uh, events in a row. So it's tough to know with his exact form. But he was miscut, miscut, and the last two times at DLF, 26 years old, where Sharma um, – is third and when he played it, he had played two times before in 19 and 18 but he's only 22 years old right now so he was playing as a 17 and 18 year old at those events you know he hasn't kicked down i was talking to brad todd about him a little bit he hasn't kicked on brad said he's been quite a bit in these india events so far hasn't um i don't think he has gotten over the line yet with a victory um yeah. let me check here right no um, but he finished third or fourth the last time out, um, which was just last week or, or two weeks ago on there. So you have recent form, you have the course connection, you have the pedigree, and you have five hundred to one time. That is that is what I look for in a long shot. So I will I I'll be going to the windows uh with Kartik Sharp.
1: When you look, right, so you just it's, it's nice to look at the, the pedigree, and of course this is a, in in India, right? But 2nd, 4th, 3rd, 4th, 4th, 8th, 10th, 8th already, all across between 2021 and 2023. The guy isn't yep. old. <laughs> um, so, like, he can only play... Where, we say this all the time. You know, when, when people say, oh, it's only on that tour, th- there's only a certain amount of starts they're going to get. And if they, they play four or five times in these different events and play poorly, then fine. But you know, what he did in the Hero India Open 2018 is irrelevant because he was like five years old. So, um, the low Sharma market might be quite interesting this week because you've got Kartik <laughs> Sharma, Akshay yes. Sharma, and Shabunka Sharma. Um, yep. I imagine Shabunka Sharma is quite a strong favourite in that. But Kartik's fun, sounds like a good bet. Um, you know, like you said earlier, you know, uh, Goodman and Christensen uh, was a thousands one. He's now 300s one cause they're playing scared. So, I mean, this guy's going to go from 500 to 50 next week.
0: For sure, and and, and I, I'll give credit. I, I tweeted about earlier. Paul Williams, um, he he tipped twelve hundred and fifty to one Varun Parikh, who won here um, at the course. I think he won by like four or five in that event. Um, he he ousted Sharma in the final round, beat him by uh, plenty. He hasn't been in, in the best short term uh, form. Shachin Baisoya one yes. last event out and then he was top 10 at that event i think he was second through either the first round or uh or or the second round so you have that you have om Prakash Shunhun, same thing <laughs> top 10 last week top 10 top 5 at the dlf event so you have a few of those in the range sharma's the one that i'm gonna go with but you know you can make some arguments for other golfers and yeah. um chica papa you know he's somebody who won on the he won the pga tour event uh of india event that was a stronger field to end out the year he's a classic guy um so i think he's interesting fitzpatrick's brothers back in the field after being on full yeah swing,
1: that was you know? that was the one like i mean like all joking yep. aside like basoya was the one that caught my eye like because he just Correct. had that recent yes. win okay um but i like what you've dug into like i saw classic Sharma i thought he finished like fourth of the course and i was like is that um second of the course sorry and and the fourth reason is like is that just like a full storm or what is it and um, so I'm pretty excited about that I'm gonna I'm gonna like you I'm gonna join in with you and go with Karthik Sharma yes. Um yeah Alex Fitzpatrick. Patrick I just thought the number was a bit weak yeah uh, what you been okay. doing nothing right like he's yeah. was he just been watching Netflix because nothing. because he. Um, we we got really quite high on him for a little period of time and I felt like I was going to bet him every week and I guess he's just not had the starts to play but I was expecting kind of like hundreds one about him going again. Like, there's, there's no, there's nothing we know about Alex's Patrick that says he's going to play well in India, right? So um, I'm not going to take fifty to work. The one
0: thing that I am struggling with is I remember vividly wanting to go and betting him at Valderrama. That was the spot to Yeah. Me. And I think he held his own through like 36. Like He did. He, yeah. he he went up the leaderboard a lot and then would come right back down. So maybe it's not the best fit, but I know Axis is on it and and you know running the numbers from. You know, somebody who has had a limited amount of starts, it does make sense, but it is um, a little discouraging not knowing his recent uh, form. So
1: the only other let's... long shot, Daniel Gale, is someone that's playing well in Australia. That was yes. that was the only thing I noticed. I, I mean, I don't know anything about him. I couldn't pick him up out of a lineup of one, um, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know who Daniel Gale is. I just saw his recent form. He's finished eighth and second the last two starts in Australia. I think it's like Dave Michlusi that wins those events every week so um not a surprise to see that he didn't win but um yeah like if you just want some I think this is a week where you can take some recent form guys even if it's at lower tiers because one it's a volatile golf course and two it's just like a weaker field though it's as simple yeah. as that like yes you've got the four or five top guys and we've we've kind of run through them and who we like but once once that happens it thins out really quickly um it, you know, but,
0: people feel this way about the Honda Classic at yeah. the PJ Tour. This is that times ten, right? You're getting yeah. one of the weaker DP World Tour events at a, a wild and crazy course that brings a lot into play. Uh, that's exactly, uh, I think, what what we're kind of looking at this week
1: too. Yeah, I think we're done. So. Like, I, I don't, I don't know that we've got anything else, unless you have. I mean, unless you've got another no. I There's mean, a fourth, you don't want to fourth hear me Sharma.
0: Off <laughs> no, uh, honestly, you want to laugh. I found one too. He won one of the qualifying uh, school events on the the P J Tour of India, but he's only an amateur, so he's got a little bit. Little yeah, bit I to mean, go.
1: I, th- I feel like we're taking funds that was just removed from high school. That's probably close <laughs> enough, right? Um, yes. But no, I'm excited. Okay. I think it's a good yeah. week, and and I'm excited about the 501 pick. So I'm gonna summarize. So yep. wait, John- wait. Oh, nope
0: audio listeners gotta give them a shout out not gonna forget about it if you're commuting you know uh we we appreciate you if you, you throw this up when you're driving you can find us on any of your podcast platforms uh fantasy oh the mix daily fantasy sports picks and bets uh mayo media network supporting us all around we appreciate the listeners reviews ratings subscribers goes a really long way again it's a major next week so uh we we appreciate all the encouragement before we head to the Magic Kenya Open, now time, your picks.
1: Now my picks. And yes, all very important things, especially when we've had a couple of winners. It's nice to put the reviews in there. Amen. Jung Hun Wang, 25 to 1. Pablo Larathabau, 35 to 1. Alexander Kanapa, or Napa, we don't know yet, 60 to 1. Uh, Thomas Akin, uh, 125 to 1. And Kartik Sharma, for 500 to 1. Yes, amen.
0: Are right, we going with Yannick Paul, 20 to 1? Guido Migliazzi, 40 to 1. Alexander Canape, 60 to 1. Uh, Bero's gonna roll at that pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> Jaden Trey Scaper, 70 to one. Banu Gandis, you know, there was two fifties there early. Again, it could be as low as a hundred. I'm okay with whatever you're posting triple digit wise with him and then Kartik Sharma, five hundred to one. We're gonna be top twenty in him. We're gonna definitely be first round leadering him as well. Um You know, I'm excited for this week, Tom. It's this is a fun event, you know, and you get to mix up. And the early starts are kind of weird in the States, especially because it's like before you go to bed. Like BK Mm -hmm. was out here betting Olson with you, and he was watching the DP World Tour at 3 a.m. You know, yeah. just rolling the night into it on a Saturday. Well but, the,
1: the uh, thing is, like it was it was early enough for me. So when I saw when I saw BK on there, I was like, it was like he said three a.m. but it was like two forty five. Like it was it was yeah. embarrassing. You think he like. made it through? <laughs> yeah. I don't probably,
0: know, man. BK uh, probably had a good Saturday night.
1: I uh, yeah, probably. I struggled. So um and I you know, we started at five AM over here. So
0: No, I mean it's uh I had to give a shout out to one of my favorite tweets too last week. Um uh, so Eric Hubley at the Mighty Hubs. So Kyle Porter, you know, from CBS tweeted, you know, yeah. what's your, I think I might be a sicko moment from the last few years. He said, he goes, I just bet I'm Gunmunder Christensen outright each way first round leader for the Thailand Classic. So, <laughs> you know, we're sickos. We all are. I, I appreciate all the sickos out there, Tom. Uh, let's hit another winner for them this
1: week. That'd be great. And if it's Kartik Sharma, I'll feel even better about it.
0: Oh, man. We might be going to the Hero Indian Open next year. If, we are. If we he are. Wins. <laughs> it's
1: like, he's a definite. Yeah. Uh,
0: yes. All right. Well, good luck, everybody, and we'll catch you for the major next week.
1: Thanks, guys.